0: If you want to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, while you're turning there, I'm gonna start with an Second Corinthians nine. I don't remember if I said that. I'm gonna start with an illustration for the kids. So, and I guess it's for the adults too, in one way. <laughs> alright but kids I could I have your attention because I'm going to ask you some questions you see this little cup here kids and you see these three bigger cups can this little cup if I fill this cup totally full if I fill this cup totally full can I fill these three cups with this little cup what do you think Can this little cup fill these big cups? What do you think? See some heads? Some kids said no, okay? Well, it's a trick question. And uh, we're going to read this verse here from the Bible, and then I'll tell you what the answer is, okay? 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to read verse 9. Uh, Sorry, 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you, so that, having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, you may abound in every good work. So the two words there, the key words, kids, is overflow. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that you can overflow. Okay, so watch this. I'm going to show you how this little cup can fill all these big cups. You ready? (laughs) You think I can do it now? The problem was you were looking at the little cup, not the pitcher. And that's the way God deals with us. If if we're thinking about ourselves, okay, we're the little cup. Can you, look at this verse here, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. So are you, if you look at yourself, the little cup, do you have all sufficiency for all time, able to do everything that is put in front of you? Not if you're looking at the little cup. Why? Because you can't hold very much. You can only hold a little bit. But if you look at the picture, which is God... God is able just to keep pouring into you. Can you hold it all right now? All at once? No, but as you pour out, God pours in again. So he overflows into us, and we overflow out. And he keeps pouring into us, and we keep pouring out. So we have to keep our eyes on God, not on us. It's not our sufficiency, it's God. So, to begin... I would just say a word to the non-Christians. If you're not a Christian, um, this verse is specifically talking about giving money, but I'm going to apply it broadly because it's it's true in all areas of our life. So for the non-Christian, if you are focused on you and your life is just about pouring in and it's not about God you're not looking to God you're not going to have sufficiency you're not going to make it through it, you're not going to have enough you're going to pour and you're going to run out and you're going to be empty and that's what it's like to be to be a non-Christian you don't have enough from within yourself you can't you don't have enough strength to change yourself to wash away your own sins you don't have enough strength to do the things that you have to do you wear out you burn out we need God don't we and so I would say to you little little as you are or maybe you're 18 you need God and you need to look to him well well the rest of this I'm going to be talking mainly to Christians and so I'll give you my three points to start God is able to overflow into you that's point number one point number two so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times so so that you can have all you need at all times in all situations point three you may abound in every good work so it's just three parts of the verse so let's start with the first point God is able to overflow into you God is able we have to set our eyes on God that our tendency is to look at the situation, look at ourselves, and we start getting discouraged. But we've got to remember who's the overflower, the one that's pouring in, and that's God. And He is able. right? And so I'm sure that you're in situations that are hard. Let me ask you, do you feel like you don't have... Enough to get through, feel like you don't have the knowledge, the wisdom to answer this or that or to the strength to do this or the emotional bandwidth to keep on going in this difficult situation. Now let me ask you it a different way. Can God give you that? Can God give you the strength? Can God give you the Emotional fortitude. Can God give you endurance for tomorrow? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. He gives it for today. And he'll pour into you today. But he's not necessarily going to pour in tomorrow's strength and the next month's strength and the next year's strength. He's going to pour in what you need now. All that you need for now. And once you pour that out, He's able to fill it up again. Yeah. So God is able to overflow into you. We're looking to Him. And in the word grace it's a, it means it's a gift, right? It's not something we've earned. It's not God is able to overflow into you if you've earned it. If you did all the right steps going up to it, it's grace that He's overflowing. It's a gift. It's not something that He's He's looking to see who deserves it. It's a free gift, so it's for anyone. We look to Him, He'll overflow into us freely. God's able. Now, I'm going to talk, I'm going to use the metaphor of the cups as our lives and talk about different people who have different tendencies. So, some of you might be overpourers, okay? Meaning, what I mean by that is, there's a rhythm here in this in this verse, and it's the rhythm of the Christian life, which is first God is able to overflow into you, so that having all sufficiency, so He overflows and He f- flows into us all that we need in this situation, this time. And then we have an abundance. Does who, well, let me ask you this. Let me pause right there and ask you. What, what does your version say? Anybody have the word overflow in their version? What about What's the word there? All grace what? Abound. Does everybody have a bound or is there any other word? Everybody has a bound. Okay. Well, it's the same word. In the same measure that God overflows into you, you overflow into others. He abounds to you, so you can abound in every good work. You see the rhythm there? God's pouring into you, and then just what you've received, you pour out. In the same measure, right? I pour into the cup. Whatever I pour into the cup, that's what I pour out of the cup. And so God overflows into you. You're able to overflow into others. That's the rhythm. From God fills us up. We pour out. Now, we might interrupt that rhythm. We might be over pourers, okay? Which means you, maybe you here today, there's different people at different places, maybe you are an over pourer. You are pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and you, you need to take a rest and ask God to fill you. Because you, you can't go on without God filling you. God made the Sabbath, you know? God gave us... Kids, God gave you summer break, right? (laughs) Aren't you glad for that? I am. So, if you are trying to pour out, you're pouring out, and you never turn around and get filled again, you are going to feel it, right? You're going to feel, wow, I'm, I'm not sufficient. I don't have enough. Well, that's true. You're, you don't have enough. You've got to go back to God and have him to fill you. And that's different. You could apply that to different times. We need to be filled every day, don't we? I mean, you need God's word to speak to you today, like the manna, fresh manna every day. We need that. But there's longer seasons. You know, there might be, you might need to take a week off from work and rest, spend time with your family, get, have God to pour into you, right? Right? And so you're going to have to use wisdom, maybe talk to your spouse, talk to your close friends and ask them for help to know which one of these pictures you are. Maybe you're an overpourer and you need wisdom to know. Because some of the things, let me ask you this, if you're an overpourer, so you're, you don't get filled as much as you should, you're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and then you're feeling totally burnt out the things that i say to the overfillers does not apply to you okay so you've got to have some discernment otherwise you might get more burnout <laughs> okay so an overpour would be someone who who needs to hear this part of the message that you need to hear is right now and it's get with god and be filled because you're not going to be able to keep pouring out until you do he's got to pour in well there's other people there's overfillers which means you're so focused maybe on God pouring into you, what you need to do is begin pouring that out. You need to begin pouring out to others. It's not just about being filled. There's actually a point at which you can't fill the cup anymore until you start pouring out, right? And so that's my, that maybe that's where some of you are today. Maybe you're wondering, well, why isn't God giving me more in my time in the word? Why isn't God filling me with his spirit more? Things like that. Look at why God fills us in this verse. 2 Corinthians nine eight. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things in all times you may abound in every good work. Why does God fill us? So that we'll, be, we'll have sufficient energy, love, compassion, wisdom, whatever it is. Money could be to give out, right? He's filling us so that we can pour out. Maybe I should have brought a water balloon. You know, a water balloon, you just pour in, pour in, pour in, pour in. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Sometimes we feel like that's the Christian life, but it's not true. It's not about us getting bigger, getting more, being a more knowledgeable Christian or whatever. It's pouring out. And that's why he's pouring in. And so, I like what one pastor said. He said, he was actually talking to a group of people that are more on the charismatic side. And he said that, God didn't give us the Holy Spirit to do tricks. He gave us the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. So God says he'll pour. Remember what he says? I'll give you my spirit and there will be power. For what? To be my witnesses. So you see this rhythm, right? God's pouring into you. He's helping you. Why? So you could be a powerful Christian? No. So you can go pour out. So you can witness to others. And so we don't want to be overfillers where we think it's just about getting more and more and more and we never pour out. There might be different reasons that might be. Maybe you're waiting to be filled more before you start pouring out. Don't. If God's pouring into you, you've got some, some way, like Jim was saying this morning, some way to encourage your brother. Pour out what you've already got. God can fill it back up. God can fill you back up. There's a temptation. Mace and I were talking about it. There's a temptation to save your best illustrations or your best ideas for a later date. That's, that's not the way to do it. You just pour everything out and then you ask God to fill you again. Right? Maybe you've got I don't know what it is for you. It's not just knowledge. It's a variety of things. There's so many different... God's pouring into you in some way that he's not pouring into me. Remember the ladies shared that song? What was it? Three weeks ago? I couldn't have sang that song. (laughs) And it preached a sermon better than I could have on that topic of God's sovereignty. So maybe it's something different for you. Pour out what you've got. I don't know, you know, I don't know music that well. I didn't hear any mistakes, but let's say there were mistakes in the song. So what? You pour out what you have, minister to my soul, right? So maybe you think, well, I do have a song, but I'm not that great a singer. Well, if God's poured into you something, pour it out. Maybe you're an overfiller because you're a perfectionist. So imagine if I had this cup filled right here and I got an eyedropper and I got one perfect drop and I dropped it just in the right place. Well, you're not going to pour out very much that way. And that's the way we can be, right? We, We think, ah, I'll pour out when I've got just the right sermon or I've got just the right thing to say or I've got the song just right or when I know, well... That's going to limit you, right? Pour out what you've got. God's given you so much. Every single one of us has a gift, it says, as a Christian. Pour out whatever it is. You know, I don't know. It may just be love. We had a couple over, and they didn't do anything spectacular or anything, but I felt so encouraged after they left just from who they are, just being who they are, pouring out who they are. And that's an encouragement. So whatever it is for you, pour it out. Don't don't think, well, my cup is so small or it's only half full. Whatever God's poured in, go ahead and pour it out. Feel free. Because we need it. Just like Jim was saying this morning. Let me tell you something else. Maybe you're a reluctant poor because you're comparing yourself to others. Well, don't do that. God made you who you are, right? God didn't need another so-and-so, or he would have made another so-and-so. He made you, and he made you the way you are. And so pour out whatever size your cup is, whatever shape, you know, whatever it is. Your just, job is to pour out what God pours in. Look at this verse with me again. Each one, sorry, and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So whenever you're a reluctant poor, you're believing a lie, which is that God hasn't given me sufficient to pour out. That's not true. This verse says he's able to make all grace overflow to you so that no matter what time, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, you're able to abound. So here you come into a situation, maybe you're at the gas station and you see somebody and they look down and out and you think, I don't know what to say to them. Well, you can trust God that whatever he has for you to do, whatever way you are meant to be an encouragement, he'll help you. Maybe it's the verse you read this morning. You just share it, or you just tell them, you look kind of down. Is everything okay? Or whatever. God has poured into your heart. However, it is. God is able to make you sufficient. Whatever it is He has for you to do in that situation, He's going to pour in what you need to pour out. Does that make sense? Don't believe the lie that God's not going to pour in or God hasn't poured in enough for you to begin pouring out. It's not true. And don't compare yourself to others. You're going to, you're going to pour out different than me. I'm going to pour out different than you. And it'll discourage us. It'll discourage us if we get too, too self-focused. Because remember, what we're supposed to be looking at, the picture, right? We're looking at God, not... Not ourselves. Let's look at another verse here, Proverbs 11. I'm going to read to you from Proverbs 11. You can turn there if you want. And I'm going to read verses 24 and 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Well, it doesn't seem immediately clear that if you want to be filled, you should pour out, right? You know, back in Corinthians, it talks about sowing and reaping. God will give you seed to sow so that you'll reap a harvest. It's not intuitive. Look, I've got this handful of seeds. What should I do if I want more seeds? Throw them on the ground. (laughs) That seems the opposite of what you should do. You should save them and then try and find more, you know. Well, you'll actually get more by throwing them out. And it's the same with our lives. If we pour our lives out, that doesn't, if you want to be filled, it doesn't seem like what you should do is pour yourself out. But that's what it says here. The one who waters, he will be watered. And so you right now might be a reluctant pourer; you're, you're hesitant to pour your heart out or to share with others or, or some other thing that God is calling you to do because you feel like, I need to be watered. I need to be poured into. Well, it may be in pouring out that you get poured into that's actually what this verse promises. As we pour out, God's going to be pouring back in. And so pour out. Pour out and be filled. Pour out what you have. Pour, pour it out wherever you are. You don't need to wait until you get to be here and there or look off in some distant place. Maybe I would pour out if I had such and such. Well, God placed you where you are, didn't he? God wants you to pour out right where you're at with the people around. Maybe it's your neighbor, your family, whatever it is, pour out where you are the opportunities that God has given you. Well, those are the main points. God is able to overflow into you so that you'll have, have all that you need to be able to pour out to others in every good work. So, the way I'm going to apply this is just actually sharing three examples from other Christians' lives. So first is a book. Actually, I think all the examples... Yeah, actually, I didn't think about this till so just now. All the examples today are from Mrs. Howard Taylor, my favorite author, uh, other than God. <laughs> but if you have an opportunity to get her books... They are an encouragement to me. But this book is about a lady named Margaret King who started a girls' school in China. And she would go on vacation to be poured into by God in a little house up in the mountains. Well, guess what happened when she got up there? All these little Christian uh, Chinese Christian ladies started coming around And before she knew it, she was having a daily Bible study with 40 ladies. (laughs) And so here she is. She's trying to rest. It's hot. And so she went up into the mountains where it's cooler. And suddenly she's pouring out. And this is what she said. Uh, This first part is Mrs. Howard Taylor's words. So she said, How could one woman pour out so much love and sympathy when she herself was often weary and needing the quiet and refreshment others found among the hills it's a mystery perhaps her secret was that of the pitcher at the fountain into which the fresh cool water continually poured this is now margaret king's journal quote i cannot hold much but i can overflow a great deal His word to me today is a sure word. In you a fountain, out of you rivers. The Lord to thee I come for this. He that believeth, thou hast said, help thou my unbelief. So he said in John, she's talking about John 14, sorry, John 4 and John 7. One of them is talking about how the Spirit is uh, will be a well in us of living water. And the other one talks about how uh, the Spirit will will come into us. Anyone that's thirsty can come to Christ and out of him will flow a fountain, a river of living waters. And um, so she's saying, I'm like a pitcher. And we don't have it here, but when I was, I lived in France when I was in college for a semester and there was an actual, like fountain probably, I don't know, three, four hundred years old and there's this little channel that came from the mountains, maybe four inches wide, and it poured into this uh, little maybe the size of a sink but it was made of stone, and it was always pouring. Water was always pouring into that, and no one used it now because it was old and uh, it was just f- for looks. But I'm sure at one point somebody did use it, and it wasn't a huge pool. You know, how how big a pool would you need to to give people water at a, in a city, huge, to store up enough water everyone would need for a year would take a, you know, Olympic-sized pool. But instead, they had this little, tiny sink-sized fountain where water just kept pouring in. And she said, Margaret King, I can't hold very much. I'm just a little, I'm a little cup. But God just is pouring into me continually, and that's how I'm able to pour out. So very encouraging. To us, we can't hold much, but we can overflow a great deal. So we want to be like that, don't we? Looking to God to supply so that we can pour out. So that's the first example. Second example, also written by Mrs. Howard Taylor, is a quote from Hudson Taylor the growth of a work of God. Another book by Hudson Taylor, if you don't know, was a missionary to China. And his daughter-in-law wrote his biography. So he's in England and he's going around doing meetings. So here's what happens. He was supposed to have a meeting. and That night was so stormy that it seemed as if there could be no meeting at all. Mr. Taylor was tired and the fireside at Spark Hill looked especially attractive as the rain poured in torrents. No one could get to this uh, Severn Street schoolroom, his kind hostess assured him, and it would be taken for granted that the meeting would not be held. So here he is, he's waiting. He's supposed to go to this meeting. It's raining so hard. And the lady he's staying with is saying, oh, you don't need to go. No one's, everyone knows. It's obvious that the meeting's going to be canceled. Quote, this is Hudson Taylor. Quote, but it was not announced for, was it not announced for tonight? Mr. Taylor asked quietly. Then I must go, even if there was no one but the doorkeeper. And there, in that almost empty schoolroom, the presence of the Lord was so real that both the speaker and the hearers felt it to be one of the best meetings they ever attended. Half the little audience of eight or ten, as Mr. Taylor often mentioned, either became missionaries themselves or gave one or more of their children to the foreign field. So here is Hudson Taylor. He knows the meeting is either going to be one or zero, he thinks. It'd be easy to stay at home. But he decided he's just going to pour himself out wherever he is, whether that's a 1,000 people or 10 people, 8 people. And what happened was it was one of the most fruitful meetings that they ever had, and he would bring it up later on and talk about it. Why, is, why did I bring that up? It's to remind you that you need to pour out where you are. Right, whatever field God has given you, whatever he's poured into you, pour it out right where you are because you, you can't always know. In fact, you won't know when it's going to produce fruit. That's actually what Ecclesiastes says. I'm going to read you a verse from Ecclesiastes here. Ecclesiastes says, In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. So it says, sow your seed. You know, pour out in the morning. And then what happens? Do it again in the evening. You don't know. Maybe they'll both succeed. Maybe one. You're not sure. But the point is, you ought to pour out where you are. It may succeed. The Lord may use it. You don't know which seed you plant is going to be the one that makes the most difference or the one that saves a soul. we got to pour out where we are because we don't know how many opportunities we'll have left. We don't know how God might use one thing that we say or one little gift to help someone. The thing that comes into my mind is the jail you know, we go into the jail, and there's four or five guys. And I, for me personally, it's the best time in terms of help from the Spirit and and reality that I ever have is going into the jail. And it would be real easy, and in fact God convicted me a while back that I wasn't taking it seriously. I th- ask, I think... I can't remember who it was I was talking to, but I was asking myself, how would I prepare and how would I pray if I was going to preach on Sunday morning versus going into the jail? Why would I be more serious because there's more people here? Because, you know, it's going to be more respectable type people. What if God has given me, what if the seeds that I'm sowing in the jail is going to be my most fruitful Uh, a field why not take it just as seriously pray just as much and prepare just as hard and as I would here I don't know right I cast my seed here in the morning I cast it in the evening and I don't know which one's going to bear fruit maybe both and so we pour out where we are whether it's a big field little field whether it's one person that you're pouring into or a hundred we pour out and God can use it and then the last example is also a biography from Mrs. Howard Taylor, Borden of Yale. So the, he was an American, the only one so far that we've talked about, I think. And he was from Chicago. And he was actually a millionaire, and by today's standard, maybe a billionaire. Uh, and he was in college at Yale. And so he's in college at Yale. And we're in a college town. I see very little college students that are pouring out their life for the community. A lot of times the idea is let's take in. This is a time for me to just soak in, soak in, and a lot of times in a negative way. So here comes Borden of Yale, and I'll read you a couple of quotes of what he said. I just want, this is Borden's letter. I just want to say right now that any day in which work is not done for Christ is wasted. Any day in which work is not done for Christ is wasted. Moreover, I am a fool for letting such days be, for they are not pleasant. So he's writing a letter and he's saying, I want to pour out every day. I want to pour out and I want to do something for Christ every single day. And what actually ended up happening was they started a mission, which was to these uh, drunkards, so people who were alcoholics who were living on the streets, and they called it Yale Hope Mission. And it was started by college students, including Borden of Yale, to share the gospel with all these uh, drunk people in the town. And so they rented a little room, and they would have services, and they would bring people in. They would even give people a place to stay. And so he's here. He's a college student, and he's wanting to do what? reach out and pour his life out into who these homeless drunk guys living on the streets. And there's a short quote here from a guy, one of the guys. I came here, this is to the Yale Hope Mission, on the 27th of March. I was on a drunk and hadn't had much use for religion. I'm not going to tell the worst part of my life, but I was a rambler all right and a down and out bum. There was only three states in the union I hadn't been in. I heard of the mission, the same as many of them do. I knew it was the only thing that would save me from booze. Well, I went out that first night and I had a Christian mother and I got to thinking of her and I came back. That was the 29th of March. That was the night that Bill that's William Borden That was the night that Bill was here, and he spoke to me. Bill was a great personal worker. He always believed in getting right down and talking to a man. If Bill had anything to say, he'd give it right out. I know the gist of what he said to me that night. What are you going to do about it? Can't you see where you've missed the road? He would tell you to hope again, tell you of God, the one who made the universe and held you in the hall of his hand and could help you if you'd only ask. That's the way he talked. He was one good boy. I could never forget him as long as I breathe. No, never forget him. He was barely 20 that night. I first knew him. He was at Yale College here then. And he goes on to talk about how he was converted uh, and changed his life. He ended up remarrying his wife and going back home and becoming a Christian, sharing this guy, sharing. But imagine that. Here's Borden of Yale, millionaire, Multi, multi, multi-millionaire going into Yale College. And what does he want to do? He wants to pour his life out to these guys living on the streets. Praise the Lord. You know, what ends up happening, I don't know. I think I've, I've given out a lot of these. I think only one of them has been read. <laughs> and so I'll just ruin it for you. He actually dies really young. He dies before he ever gets a career, uh, before he, I think he dies younger than I am now and he poured his life out praise the Lord he poured his life out when he did and there was a guy who was visiting America from Europe and when he went back somebody said well, what about America you know I've heard about it what was the most amazing part and he said that millionaire with his arm around a bum and that's what affected this guy um, was seeing him pouring his life out and loving people and a lot of people didn't even know uh, Borden well, you know, he was famous I guess but people didn't realize they just knew him as Bill well I'm going to read you one last verse and then we'll close it's from Galatians 6 Galatians 6 7 do not be deceived God is not mocked For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, let us, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. So here we are. In closing, what what's the point of what we've talked about today? Don't grow weary of pouring out. I don't want you to grow weary of pouring yourself out. Because if you keep sowing, you will reap. That's what the Bible promises. Sow. Everyone you can help. That's what it said. Anyone. You can help by pouring out whatever it is you have. Love. Maybe it is is money. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a verse. Maybe it's just your presence. But pour yourself out and don't get tired. Because I know there's times where you're pouring yourself out and you're not seeing anything yet, that's okay. Just keep, keep on trusting God, looking to the One who's sufficient to fill you. Let's pray. Lord, we just come to You and we just say You're in control of our life. Lord, You put us where we are you could have put us anywhere in the world and with any people with any amount of influence you wanted us to have and any amount of money or anything lord you could give us whatever you, it is you want us to have and you put us here and you give us what we have would you help us to steward it well lord we want we don't want to look past people and think wait for bigger or better opportunities lord we want to pour out to everyone as we have an opportunity Lord and we just confess we don't have sufficiency in ourselves, Lord we think about all the people I think about all the people here today Lord just confess I don't have sufficiency to love everyone like I want to Lord I can't do it would you pour into me your, your love for people Lord would you pour into us Whatever it is we need today as we talk together, as we eat together, pour in whatever it is we need to be able to pour out, Lord, I pray you'd help us. Lord, I pray, I'm sure there are reluctant pourers here, Lord, I pray you'd help them just to pour out whatever it is you've poured in and just to trust you with it, however it comes out, whether it's pretty or whether it's rough, Lord, I just Pray that you'd have them to pour out what it is you've given them and encourage others. Lord, I pray for the people that are already pouring out so much. Lord, I pray that you'd give them wisdom to know how to receive from you, Lord, and to rest. I pray you would just overflow in their life abundant grace and fill them back up, Lord, so they can pour out again. And I do pray for the seeds, Lord, that have been sown in the jail. And this morning with Jim's message, Lord, and this message, the singing, Lord, I just pray, would you, would you cause fruit to come from it? We just hand it all to you. You're a good God. And we love you. Amen.